This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. Hey, listeners, welcome back to Together. It's season two. We are super excited to be back, Kelly. Uh, it is an amazing time. We had a, a great break and spent time with our families and friends and and continually grew in our faith. And, and just to see your face again is amazing, Kelly. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, except yeah. for these allergies. So if I sound a, a little husky... Um, I, I'm dealing with some allergies right now. Otherwise, I'm dealing good. And I'm going on vacation. Okay. Okay. Uh, nice. Leaving Saturday. Nice. And I really need a break. I We're hear going you. to the ocean, Oof. which I love the ocean. So, Are you planning on golfing? Uh, no. No golf. Okay. No. No golfing. <laughs> I, I went golfing last Friday with some friends. And yeah, I said, I need to take a break from golf. <laughs> I did not golf very well. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know what? It's okay. You would you would you would be glad to have me as a partner then next time because uh, you know I would make you feel really good. So <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's get that on the calendar. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, if again this is your first time listening, welcome to Together. We are uh, excited. We're a marriage podcast, and we love to empower marriages. We love to see people be be and feel equipped with the information, knowledge, resources, and even those who are our guests, you know, um, to our new listeners, we have guests that actually come on our podcast as well. Um, those who may be couples, you know, who have been attending Ada Bible Church or maybe outside of Ada Bible Church in some way, shape or form and have had an impactful marriage um, and have wisdom and information to share. And then with that, we also have amazing counselors and therapists that come on our podcast and you'll get a chance to, if you listen to season one as well as season two, uh, we'll be bringing on guests who will share various types of information and knowledge. And, and to those who are returning to our podcast, you are going to be so excited about what we're doing this podcast um, this year. And so uh, welcome to both our new and returning listeners. Um, I think that starting this podcast, Kelly, we want to let people know what they're going to expect or what to expect um, this coming season. And that's part of our purpose today. And so. You know, I know you've been on this kick, Kelly, of really encouraging people to look inside, to look mm-hmm. into this aspect of, look, what is your relationship with Jesus like? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so amazing to have that opportunity and time to just go back and go to the basics and check in and be like, Lord, where am I at? Jesus, where am I at in terms of following you and, and growing after and going after who you are? Um, and so I think that that is a, a great place to start um, this relationship relationship with the Lord that you've been kind of talking with me about? What is, what is what would you say to our listeners about a relationship with the Lord? Yeah, yeah. Great question, Samuel. So uh, I think that one of the things that we didn't talk a lot about in season one is faith. Mm. And yet, and we're going to spend a lot of time threading that through uh, in season two. In fact, we're going to dedicate two or three episodes uh, in terms of talking about a specific dynamic about that, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Mm. Um, but faith, faith is actually the most important thing in marriage. And, uh, 
And I think it all begins with, uh, as you said, Samuel, it all begins with Jesus. And our relationship with him is huge. It's important for me to be moving forward in my relationship with God. And it's very important that Julie be doing the same. Yeah. And when that happens, uh, good things happen in our relationship. Um, so a really cool uh, quote that I want to read to our listeners. It's a little bit longer, but I think it's an important one. In fact, I was thinking about this. This, this quote's from Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Mm. And C.S. Lewis was crucial to me becoming a Christian. I became a Christian when I was 19, and I was reading the Bible. I was reading some of C.S. Lewis's work, in particular, Mere Christianity. And probably when I read this paragraph uh, that I'm going to read today to you, when I read it way back when I was 19, I probably, after I read this, that's when I like committed my life to the Lord. Yeah. Um, so here's the quote. Because Jesus is key um, in our lives, and this is what Lewis is talking about. Uh, So this is what he says. I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, meaning Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. Hmm. That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said, would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. Mm. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. And to me, those are really powerful words because, one, you know, there's multiple verses, and maybe you can think of one or two as sure. well, Samuel, sure. and that is Jesus said one thing um, uh, that was really powerful, and this is what Lewis is getting at. Um, at one point, he says, without me, you can do nothing. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. Think if I were to say that to you. Samuel, without me, without having me in your life, yeah. you can't do anything, and that's what Jesus said. Mm. And so I think that, um, and with that, Lewis said another thing that I want to bring up, and that is, he said that God is supra relational, supra relational. What is what is a supra? Not super, supra, supra. What does that mean? Basically, it means he was super relational, meaning he was relate. God is way more relational than anybody you can think of. He desperately desires relationship with his creation, meaning us, um, even to the point. We see all these different stories in Scripture where he will he will go at great lengths to be in relationship with us, mm. um, and so again, I think it's really important for us to take that seriously, and then therefore try to integrate that purposefully in our lives. 
Hmm, that's that's really good, Kelly. So this the super relational part, the C.S. Lewis that you're sharing quote, and with that information, like faith and marriage. All right, there's this piece where they're they're intersecting. You know, even the Bible talks about this aspect of Jesus and the church, and he uses that model in relationship with how marriages would think about it. But even going back and drawing us back again, you're zeroing in on the faith piece. You, I remember you talking to me about this book called The End of All Exploring that you wrote mm-hmm. and how important it is in regards to these aspects of how we both express our faith and then how we believe and where we're at on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. How does that play into mm-hmm. all of this? Mm-hmm. Good question. So about, hmm, I think it was in 2008, mm-hmm. um, I finished my book. My book took seven years to write. Mm. Um, and I <laughs> did a lot of editing and then, uh, and if, and if you're interested in the book, um, it's on Amazon, but what God very clearly said to me after a certain season is Kelly, I want you to give away the book. Mm. So if anybody wants the book, just email care at Ada Bible and we'll, we'll email it to you. And cause in those episodes in the fall, we're going to be talking about my book in detail. And I'm just going to give you a very quick overview of, of the book. Um, and again, we're going to go much deeper when we do our podcasts on this. But a long time ago, I read something in John 15. John 15, I think, is one of the most important chapters in all of scripture. Um, and it's Jesus. He's at the last supper. He's getting ready to go to the cross. He's very serious, but what he does, he hits it into overdrive of talking about what it's like to be in relationship with him. And at one point he says, uh, to the disciples, I no longer call you servants. I'm going to call you a friend. And for a long time, I meditated on that. Like, what does that mean? Like, Number one, what does it mean that we can be friends with God? Um, but number two, what did he mean by servant? And I'm going to really go into depth about that when we talk about those uh, those aspects in the in in the fall. But um, there's basically three phases or stages of faith that I see with the people that I get to work with. Sure. Um, so one of them, uh, the three are a person becomes a believer and then often they become a servant and then they become a friend. So what in brief, what are those? So a believer is somebody who really doesn't take their faith seriously. If you talk to them, they would say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but it's really they who are running their lives. It's not God. They're not, they're not asking God what to do about their life or making decisions based on that. It's really they who are making those decisions mm-hmm. and they're, they're basically fair weather, you know, they're and and without a doubt, they're basically when I, all my teen years till I became until I was 19, I was definitely, I would be a believer. Um, every now and then I went to church with my family, but I didn't take my faith seriously at all. What then another phase though is a person becomes a servant, um, and remember when I'm talking about these fra- these uh, words believer and servant, they're not good words. You don't you don't you don't want to be a believer and you don't want to be a servant. One, again, going back to Jesus saying, "Without me, you can do nothing." 
Um, our relationship with him needs to be based in friendship, meaning we're very serious about our relationship. And with the servant, what the servant is, is they're legalistic. Um, and in a way, they're using God for their purposes, either for notoriety or control, or there's a lot of different reasons. And there's a lot there that I, I can't go into detail right now, which we will go into detail in the fall. But then a person can move into friendship. Um, uh, one way to think about this, Samuel, is, that I tell people is believers are usually all about grace. God will forgive me for anything. And uh, servants are all about truth. They have no grace in their life. Um, and it's all about rules and do's and don'ts. And when, with a friend, what they do is they, they healthy in a, in a healthy way. They integrate grace and truth into their lives. Mm. So just to make sure I'm recapping this for, for those who are hearing, there's these three phases, you know, let's just say you initially enter into a relationship with Christ. You accept him into your life, right? You've accepted him into your life. But in that there's many cases like any relationship, and we can even make this like talk about marriage in this aspect. You're kind of just maybe before you get married dating, Someone mm-hmm. you're trying to get to know them, you know what? You still have a lot of things that you're reserved. You have your boundaries up, your walls are up. You're like, all right, you know, let's see what this is about. I believe that we could maybe get together and have a good relationship. That's kind of like this believer stage. You're like, you know what? If some things happen, okay. If I like it, it's fine. If I don't like it, I may say something about it. But there's a lot of grace in our relationship. Okay, cool, fine. We're just dating. We're just trying to figure this out. If it's something I want or not. But then there's this aspect of of marriage where, you know, and again, this is this word where corresponding is to faith. Right. And when your phases of what you're talking about, then there's this aspect of relationship where you get maybe maybe you're in a uh, the courting slash like you're engaged. You're feeling like there's rules to this now. You can't go outside and date somebody else. We're one and one together. This is the way we're going to do things. In fact, we have to put a whole lot of things in place so that way you don't cheat on me and I don't cheat on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We're we're committed we're going forward. We're trying to figure things out. Um, but guess what? We're going to put things in place where we're only going to correspond to these rules or boundaries that we've created in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But then in the uh, whole aspect of what marriage should be, marriage should be this corresponding friendship where we are growing in oneness. We know what hurts each other. So we try to make sure that we're protective. We also know that we have to put things in place that help support both of us. In most cases, what is this thing in, in, in our relationship that says, hey, this is our foundation and we correspond based off of that foundation. And so in it, we make sure that we are taking care of the priority of making our relationship priority, excuse me, making our relationship priority. And in that, we're making sure that we love each other the way that we both need to be loved, taking care of each other the way we know both need to be taken care of. In that aspect, there's this believer servant friend piece that you're talking about where we're going through these phases and the ultimate goal is oneness. His ultimate goal is friendship with each other. And so corresponding that to to marriage, there's these phases in marriage that you go through where you ultimately, I don't want to just date you for the rest of my life. I don't want to just court you for the rest of my life. I want to be married. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. In part, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good parallel. Uh, and, uh, and again, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do a deep dive in yeah. it because there's a lot there and, uh, we're just kind of teasing this out. This is, this, this, I can't, I'm getting excited. I'm like, wow. So I'm like faith in this piece of like, you know what? I don't just want to enter into a relationship. Be like, okay, I believe in Jesus right. and then I'm done. Or I just don't want to, I just want to come to church. I'm good. No, there's this actual aspect of like Abraham 
and God. Mm-hmm. Friendship that you're mentioning that we want to get to and we're going to talk about that in, that in the fall. So I'm sure you've met a lot of people in in your time of just trying to build this out and and that you have people that have been influential into building this story. I remember you talking about this person um, from, I'm guessing, like Asia Pacific area. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think this would be important for the listeners to hear. Like, Kelly, tell me about this story that you, mm-hmm. were, that mm-hmm. you were sharing earlier. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this gets back to God being super relational. Mm-hmm. Um, God wants to be in a relationship, intimate relationship with us. And, uh, and again, with the believer and the servant, I think what they do on some levels, they keep God at a distance. Um, and when you move into friendship with God, you, you pull in close with him. Mm. And this is a very, I've been thinking about this story this week and it's just, <laughs> the more and more I've thought about it, I'm like how remarkable it was. So I got to take you back to when I was 19. Um, I had just given my life to the Lord and I'd met this guy named Kent on the L train and um, we, I ended up going to church with him and, uh, and that was a really, really important season in my life. But with Kent, what we did is every Friday night we'd have a Bible study mm. and <laughs> Kent was at the university of Illinois of Chicago in med school and he was in residency to be a surgeon mm. and uh, we did this Bible study every Friday night. We'd do a Bible study. We'd spend a little bit of time in worship. We would pray, and then we would always get pizza. And the one thing, at, and when we'd order pizza by that time, it was like midnight. And uh, and we were also often falling asleep when we were trying to pray because it was so late. Um, but uh, the one thing I do remember about that pizza is Kent liked anchovies, <laughs> and I hated anchovies. Yum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, so always our pizza was half anchovy. Um, but anyway, uh, Kent knew a guy named Shen Yuan, and he was Taiwanese. Okay. And uh, he was also in residency at UIC. And uh, he uh, began attending our Bible study kind of sporadically. And uh, But when he would attend, he would be very adamant that, hey, I'm not a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't believe any of this. He grew up a Buddhist, but he really didn't even believe in Buddhist teachings. At the end of the day, at the best, he'd be agnostic. Mm. And uh, I will never, ever. So he had attended our Bible study for about six times. And I'll never forget, he came to one of our studies and he just opened up uh, right away and said, you guys are never going to believe what happened to me. Mm. And this is the story he told. Um, what happened to Shenyan was one night, uh, oh, I got to back up and tell one other part of the story. So Shenyan uh, was in a unique uh, relationship with his wife in that his wife lived in San Francisco and they had a little girl who was about eight. And so he would only see his wife maybe once a quarter. And uh, he was living in Chicago. She's in San Francisco. And so he has a little girl. And the little girl is very important to the story. So Shenyan tells us uh, a couple nights earlier, he had a dream. And uh, in the dream, he is swimming in the ocean with this little girl. And a shark swims by and attacks them, but in particular attacks his little girl. Mm. And, um, and it, it's bad. It's real bad. 
and he pulls her to shore and immediately he realizes his little girl's going to die and he can't do anything about it. And, um, because he, he's a doctor and he knows, you know, the circumstances and he knows he's helpless to save his little daughter. Yeah. And he begins weeping. And then as he's on the beach, he looks up and he sees Jesus walking to him towards them. And when he looks at Jesus, this is a very important part of the dream. When he looks at Jesus, he realizes Jesus knows that Shen Yuan doesn't want to have anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. And so immediately he begins to feel like, uh, even though I know he can maybe do something miraculous, I know he's not going to because he knows I don't really care for him. And so uh, what happens is Jesus walks down uh, to them and heals his little girl and brings her back. And uh, and then what he does is he gets up, doesn't say a word, mm-hmm. gets up, doesn't say a word, and Jesus continues to walk on the beach. And then he wakes up from his dream. And Shunyan says to us, at that moment, I knew Jesus was real. Wow. And he gave his life to him. Wow. And um, that, again, just illustrates God will do anything, even if it's a dream, to get at people because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think it's so vital and important that if you're going to have a successful marriage, you've got to integrate him into it. Yeah, that's so key, Kelly. I think that's, that's powerful to that, – that's number one, the story is powerful, you know, to have someone – like have their Paul moment, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, Paul, yeah, have is, their Paul moment. You know, Paul is pretty much persecuting the body of Christ. And then all of a sudden, you know, on his way to the, the road to Damascus, right. He's in a moment where, you know, I'm getting ready to go kill some more saints. And he meets Jesus, a very person that he was persecuting. Jesus says, Paul or Saul at that moment, mm-hmm. why are you persecuting me? And in that moment, Paul then recognized and realized, like, this is Jesus. Like, Jesus announces himself and shares himself. And you're right. God will do anything to be like, hey, I want to be in relationship with you. And in a moment of sincerity, in a moment of hard, heart-breaking situations, sometimes the Lord can navigate those things right then and there. And I think that's so powerful, Kelly, that story of Shun Yun and, and what he went through. Um I think in this too, like we're we're just if you're listening to this, we're just giving highlights, highlights, and you're like, wow, that was 20 minutes. That was a great highlight. Well, the <laughs> highlight was there to to get you salivating mm-hmm. about the excitement of what we're getting ready to talk about in this podcast. I know we're going to be talking about some other things too, Kelly. Um, you know, we're going to have a guest on and talk about singleness as well, mm-hmm. um, and and how this particular person went through and has has dated um, and is looking for someone and in dating and looking for someone, we all know that there are people who are listening to this podcast, you know, probably between the ages of, you know, 25 and 44, um, as our mm-hmm. data has shared that our, our listening kind of feel like trying to find out, you know, what information do, am I missing? What am I needing in regards to getting me to a place where I can be married? Mm-hmm. Because um, there's this analogy that you use, Kelly, called the marriage switch. And we're going to ask our guests about, you know, hey, has your marriage switch went off? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, maybe can we can we give a slight highlight of what marriage switch means? Yeah, because it's actually very literal. But like, yeah. what does that mean, yeah. Kelly? Yeah, this is this is my own idea. And, <laughs> uh, it's based off actually in my life. 
And, but I think it's true in, yeah. in some respects. And what I tell people is we all have a marriage switch mm-hmm. where at certain point in our lives, it could be when we were 19, mm-hmm. it could be when we we're 25, it could be when you're 52. Mm-hmm. But that switch goes off and you say to yourself, okay, I'm ready to be married. Mm-hmm. And I had that experience uh, pretty vividly in my own life. Um, I was uh, dating in about 20, my age 22 to 24, I was dating a young woman named Chris. And without a doubt, when I was dating Chris, her marriage switch went off and mine didn't. Mm. And uh, she definitely wanted to be married. And I just knew I, like, back then, 22 to 24, I definitely knew I am not ready for marriage. Sure. And sadly, things kind of cooled and and, uh, we broke it off. And then I dated a a woman named Colleen. And and while I was dating Colleen, I was like 25 at that time, uh, my marriage switch went off. Mm. But hers didn't. Mm. Well, two situations now where one person's goals off and another's the sudden. Wow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and in a way, you can't fight this. And I and with my relationship with her, I did fight it a little bit. Mm. And I realized, you know, you can't you can't. In a way, you, like she definitely loved me, but she didn't love me that much sure. to get married to me. And you can't force that. Sure, you just cannot force that. And, uh, and so things cooled and we broke things off. And, um, about six months later I met Julie and by that time my switch had gone off. Mm. Julie had a very similar situation and how she had dated and her switch had gone off. And, and again, this goes way back to the very first podcast where you and I shared our stories. <laughs> yeah. I don't tell people, I encourage people do not do what I did <laughs> Because, uh, but, you know, fortunately it's worked out for Julie and I, uh, but, you know, we were married within 11 months. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit and that, and that's really relevant to, uh, single people. And it's, and it's a question I think single people need to ask, has my switch gone off? Yeah, that's, that's so important. And I think that, you know, with marriage, with your marriage switch, there are a lot of things that inform that, you know, your, your, not only your dating history, but your family and what you saw growing up informs that, you know, how you think, what you think about relationships with those who you've been in friendship with informs that. Right. And then, you know, various other pieces and components. And so, you know, if you've ever been single or you're a married couple thinking about your daughter, son or a cousin or, <laughs> or niece or nephew, like it will be a really good podcast to check out as well as all the other ones. I know another thing that we're going to talk about is forgiveness too, Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiveness in marriage is is so important because in this, this season that we came out of, you know, there were a lot of people who were forced to face themselves, you know, and, and maybe this isn't different from times before, but marriages have been on a place of like, do we want, do we like each other? Mm-hmm. Do we love each other? Mm-hmm. And the questions that couples have had to ask during a season, um, during these seasons that we've been in have been challenging. And we know, you know, I'm sure both of us in our very individual relationships have known people that have been on that verge, you know, of, of divorce. And so I think that in it, You know, part of what forgiveness does and teaches us, it teaches us about, you know, what wrongs are, teaches us about what we can recover from. And I think that, you know, I was I was I was checking out this article by Tony Evans um, that was an excerpt from his book, Kingdom Marriage. 
And he shared this tid- tidbit. He said, and it comes from 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. He says, 1 Corinthians 13 and 5 shares that biblical love keeps no record of wrongs. Number one, you hear that, you're like, well, in my marriage, if you, <laughs> um, sometimes I mentally do. It's in the bookcase of my mind. My wife did this, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Or my husband did this. Absolutely. But here he says it right here in this, in this first, in this first aspect of his book, he says, first Corinthians 13, five shares that biblical love keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't justify wrongs, nor does it ignore the wrong, excuse it or pretend it doesn't exist. All those types of responses lead to wrongdoing and would lead to enablement. Rather, biblical love acknowledges and addresses the wrong and then forgives and releases it. I am very passionate and adamant about navigating what forgiveness looks like with clients, with individuals I've talked to. Sometimes it's just understanding what even is forgiveness. And we'll get into that um, in our in our in our series of talking about forgiveness, because I think it's an important component you know, just to give you a highlight, you know, some people are like, well, I think I know what forgiveness is. That's great. Well, let me give you, let me give you some thoughts about what I think forgiveness is. I think it's, it's a process that brings us to a place of peace and acceptance. I think it frees us to become fully present in our lives. It releases us from replaying the circumstances in our mind over and over again, because we typically then create these caricatures in our mind that we've talked about in season one, about what our spouse believes and thinks about us and we haven't even asked them mm-hmm. <laughs> it's based off our own ideas and perceptions or experiences and you know what we know about experiences is experiences inform us right and then all of a sudden we have a context about someone that may or may not be true yeah <laughs> you know we have to challenge those things and i think that ultimately what forgiveness can do is it can liberate us from becoming the prisoner to our own hurts and pains and so in those in that podcast, when we get to it, we're really going to explore what forgiveness is. And, and, and that may be one where if you're on uh, in a place of challenge and you haven't emailed care at ADABABA.org yet, that'll be a great opportunity to do so to get more information based off of the podcast and when we talk about that. So just another thing that we're talking about um, of, of all the various topics, um, another one that we're going to be talking about, Kelly, and I'm really excited about this is sexuality. And marriage. Um, what, what do you want to say about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that one. Uh, interesting thing about that topic is, you know, top, top three struggles for couples mm-hmm. uh, are communication or conflict, mm-hmm. finances, mm-hmm. and then sex. 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 Yeah. In fact, I remember this, this reminds me of a story that happened to me early on in my practice. I, I worked with this... Uh, a uh, young couple. They'd been married seven years, and uh, and I'll never forget sitting down with them. And um, and uh, I and when I tell the story, because there's a lot more to the story than what I'm going to share with you right now. But uh, I remember sharing how I share the story. I always call her Elizabeth. That's not her name. But Elizabeth looks at me at the end of the session, and she says to me, like adamantly. She says, Kelly, we can talk about anything in counseling, but we can't talk about money and we can't talk about sex. Mm. And so with a big smile on my face, um, I said to her, Elizabeth, next week, you and I, we're meeting one-on-one. What are we talking about? Are we talking about money? Or are we talking about sex? sex, Right. And the cool thing about that, I worked with this couple for about nine months Mm. and um, 
for the most part, we spent most of our time talking about sexuality in their marriage. Um, and they made amazing strides in their marriage to the point I still know them uh, distantly today, and they're doing amazingly well. Um, in fact, with Elizabeth, um, uh, I think through that aspect of counseling, it also impacted her relationship with God dramatically. Like when I met Elizabeth, I would have probably called her a believer. Mm. Like, eh, God's cool, but I don't really need him. And today I definitely know Elizabeth is a friend of Jesus. And uh, the irony about all that, Samuel, <laughs> okay, made great strides in the sex topic made no strides in the money topic. Mm. Like there, we didn't create a lot of change over the course. Now, hopefully they have since then. And I would guess they have, but um, sex is hard to talk about. And uh, sex is a very, very key um, aspect of marriage. Uh, one way, one way that I put it um, is that I've thought about this a lot. And that is, I don't think I've ever worked with anybody within my private practice who came forward and they said they wanted to get marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. And it could be about any topic. It could be like, we're struggling in parenting, we're struggling in communication, whatever the topic is. Um, I don't think I've ever worked with a couple in counseling who had a good sex life. Mm. Because with every couple that I meet with, I talk about those three loves that you and I spend so much time talking about on the podcast, agapo, which is commitment, mm -hmm. phileo, which is friendship, and then eros, eros which is yeah. sex. Yeah. And whenever I'm working with a couple, I always start there and I say, okay, well, where is your commitment? Where is your friendship? Where is your eros? And I don't think I've ever worked with a couple in counseling who had really, really solid eros. Mm -hmm. And so I just think um, it's something that not only, I would say this too, it's, it's going to have to be something we have to talk about way more than once. It's going to have to be a key topic of our podcast because I think that there are so many couples out there who are really struggling with this because we just, our parents don't talk about it with us. And then on top of it, just when we become adults, we don't really talk about it in a, in a deeper, intimate way. What are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, when, when you're navigating that issue, that thing of sex um, in marriage, there are, you have to be careful because there are things that inform your thinking, you know, about what that is. If you grew up and let's just say you experienced virginity for, you know, for the entire process of your single life and then you got married to someone who didn't mm -hmm. <laughs> that plays a huge role into how you think about sex mm -hmm. you know and the chemicals in the brain about that you know and then mm -hmm. you're like well my spouse didn't and so navigating that is a huge issue i think that also media informs a lot about how we think about sex i can tell you about all the series that are on television right now where you're seeing things and and all of a sudden those things filter into your mind about oh well is this allowable in marriage are these things acceptable are these things okay and I think that being able to have a godly defined 
understanding of what sex is, how to have it enjoyable in marriage and all the loves that you just shared that inform it, especially arrows is going to be super important. And I cannot again, wait until that podcast um, in that as well, Kelly. Um, I think in that too, though, Here's this aspect of another issue that we'll talk about that sometimes, you know, is one that is cliche, you know, in the in the church and cliche is still in our world. And and then that that is what happens when, you know, you have a spouse or a person that now who is having conflict, as you said, one of the key pieces in not only finances, but conflict and sex, conflict and everything else and doesn't know how to navigate and manage how they work through that conflict. Sometimes that conflict can turn to a place where that person can be physically, mentally, emotionally abusive. And so I think that in it, there's this piece of where we have to also navigate what does abuse and also what does trauma mm-hmm. like in marriage, Kelly? Mm-hmm. You know, that's important as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that in it, you know, um, it's a, it's an important component to explore and discover because when you when you get to that place where like okay nothing's good in our relationship and then you start to I like to say mouth off or begin to verbally say and demean the other person based off of your expectations um, and sometimes those expectations aren't always expressed and shared like when you're navigating those things not all of a sudden based off how you're feeling or what you're thinking it can begin to play a role in terms of how you treat your spouse you know and so you know how do what what do you what do you think in regards to just like a person is navigating that and doesn't even know they're navigating you know potential abuse or potential trauma based off of things that you've experienced in your childhood now it's playing a role in your sex life like that could be an, uh, an explosive component in marriage. Absolutely, Samuel. I love how you put that in it. And I, and I do think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about, you know, what is abuse? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, how do you navigate either a trauma that exists within your relationship mm. or how do you navigate trauma that happened in your past, which is now informing your relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and a key, key word <laughs> that I think all couples need to think long and hard about is expectations. Uh, are my expectations realistic? Uh, and, uh, that's going to be a very important topic. Yeah, that's amazing. So listeners, uh, we just want to, again, get you excited, salivating, as I say, about what's coming um, in terms of this season, season two of our podcast together. And so we'll be back in just a quick second. We want to give you a chance to learn about something that's coming this September. If you're looking for a way to grow as a counselor, a pastor, a lay support volunteer, one of the events that our care team has gone to throughout the years is the American Association of Christian Counselors World Conference. This event happens every two years in September, and it's included key speakers like Henry Cloud and Lee Strobel, Daryl Strawberry, Lisa Turkers, and Ben Carson. If you're interested in attending a conference like no other, check out their website at aacc.net. All right. Well, that is uh, pretty exciting to hear um, about the AACC conference. I know we're heading there um, in, in a, this year. And so that'll be, um, again, in Orlando, Florida. 
And uh, man, I can't wait. Some great guests happens every two years, you know, as Sarah shared, and and that'll be something that we'll we'll love to bring back some great information. And again, if you're interested in that, make sure you do email us at caredatabible.org. Um, as Sarah mentioned, and uh, definitely let us know if that's something that you know you would love to you know get some resources about, um, so we can make sure we bring back some really good things. Um, Samuel, I am so excited yeah. for you and Tova to go. <laughs> I've yeah. been to the conference four year or for four times. Wow. And it was always back then it was always held in Nashville. Uh, but it is a water hose. <laughs> I mean, wow. there is just loads of breakouts and loads of like really key, key speakers. Um, and uh, I'm just, I think you're going to learn a lot. Oh, and, and, and for our listeners, uh, this is a great, you know, it only happens every two years and it's at a beautiful hotel in Orlando. And, uh, and so, yeah, I highly recommend awesome. at least going once. Yeah. That sounds good to me. You know, I thought about it afterwards. I said, man, Kelly did go like 5,000 times already. And it would have been <laughs> nice for us to go. We could have did together from Orlando. Exactly. You, know, you never know who would have been there and just put made us syndicated or exactly. something. Exactly. You know? <laughs> anyway, as we kind of wrap up our, our time together today, uh, you know, I think that there's a there's an important piece here um, that probably pretty much all our podcasts are wrapped around. And this is this aspect of how do we navigate our relationships? How do we get back on track if we are having trouble, if we are needing to ask each other some important questions? So I think, Kelly, like, can we talk about a second how we can kind of navigate getting our marriage back in a place where we're growing, where we're understanding each other a second? What are some of those things we need to ask each other? Yeah, I think uh, this last segment, what we're going to give you is just a lot of key questions you can go to your spouse and ask them. And, yeah. uh, one of the things that the longer you're married, you get more and more used to your spouse. Uh, you know all their stories. You know their hang-ups. You just, you know, you pretty much know um, – just a ton about them and it's real easy to get lazadaisical and, um, and lazy Mm. and, uh, it's really important. So the thing that I'm going to offer people is, uh, my challenge for you guys is to get with your spouse this week and ask, how are you doing? Mm. And here's some key questions you can, you know, you're not going to want to throw all these questions at them. So just pick one or two, maybe, maybe just one because they're pretty, they're pretty important questions. Uh, but, uh, so here are those questions. Do you feel like, uh, you can talk to me about hard things? Uh, what do you think of my spending when it comes to our finances? Uh, are we on the same page in how we are raising our kids? Or do you feel like I'm pursuing you romantically and sexually? Great question. Uh, what are areas for, in terms of my character, that you think I need to grow? Um, another one you can look at, um, and way earlier I had talked about the chapter of John 15, which I just think is, go read John 15 today. And uh, one of the things Jesus talks about there is he talks about our fruit. Mm. And... Uh, 
in Galatians 5.23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So maybe go study that and just ask yourself, how am I doing in all of those fruit? Like love, joy, patience. There's, I think, a total of nine. Um, and then uh, one more. Is there something you want me to stop doing? Mm. Or is there something you want me to start doing? Mm. So I would just encourage couples to, you know, this week, not next week, this week, sit down, have a, uh, an important conversation, and here's a couple of the questions that you could, could raise to your spouse to get a deeper understanding of where you are at in your marriage. Because I think that with some couples, more than not, um, they're blind to what's going on in their relationship. So true. And and I think that in that blindness, Kelly, sometimes, you know, in our marriages, we can get um, pulled into our own ideation or ideas about what we think about the other person. And in that moment, I think I, I just want to add an extra piece of this. If you're in that place where you don't feel comfortable or you're thinking that I'm not going to ask my spouse any of those questions, maybe I'm not willing to be honest. I think that the next phase is maybe there's some questions that you should ask yourself. If you journal, write these down. If you if you have a phone, write these down for yourself in your notes page. Because I think that in that, if you are in introspectively, internally thinking that, I'm not even ready to ask my spouse these questions because I'm afraid. Um, maybe, maybe I'll need to ask myself these other questions personally. And that would be, am I trying to escape something? Am I, am I feeling like, you know, I don't want to talk with the other person because there's something that is bothering me? I think that there's this aspect we should also ask a question or notice that sometimes we are trying to be more or less confrontational, like examine that for ourselves. And then lastly, you know, am I operating out of fear of something that is happening or going on in my relationship where I feel like I can't talk with the other person? I think sometimes we need to ask those questions because I think. What you're saying, Kelly, and what I'm saying is asking really good questions can make a difference in the aspect of a relationship. And one thing that you've also always said is that there's this piece in our relationships where we have to navigate that. If I am having an issue with my spouse, most cases, it's also an issue that I'm having with myself. (laughs) So good. Right. You say that all the time, Kelly. So good, Samuel. And. Samuel, you made another good point, and that is for some couples, those questions are impossible to ask. Mm-hmm. Like it, whenever they ask those types of questions, it just goes south. It uh, doesn't lead to anywhere anywhere that's positive. So if you are at that place, mm-hmm. uh, definitely reach out to care at adabible.org and say, we need a counselor. Because yeah. that means you yeah. need a third party to navigate those hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. In in between that time, maybe, maybe they haven't reached out yet. Maybe they are reaching out. They're having to talk with counselors. They're talking with a pastor, whoever that may be. What could be some really good resources in the time between time that would be really helpful for people who are navigating just either issues or they're navigating. Like I just need to go on a date with my spouse and I don't know what to do. Like what could be some things that we suggest as we are getting ready to leave the air for today? Yeah. I think uh, that might be another really good uh, thing for our listeners to focus on in the, in the next week or two or three. And that is uh, be very intentional about your relationship. Uh, Pursue it, date, 
date, date, date your spouse. Uh, we had a great episode, our last one of the season one with Dan and Sarah Wright, and they uh, spent a lot of time talking about dating. And so, uh, but with that, uh, I remember I remember there was a season when Julie and I were uh, uh, earlier in our marriage when our boys were little, and um, we would sit across from the table and just not know what to say to one another. So. Two books, uh, or one book that I recommend is that you go to your date with questions, and these are light questions. These aren't heavy questions. Um, these are questions to get to know your spouse at a deeper level. Um, but one book uh, is uh, Questions for a Couple Journal by Maggie Reyes. Um, and uh, I, I have a few to what I'm talking about. Um, that might be um, ones you can include. And these are date uh, cards from John Gottman. And so here's a couple. Um, what adventures would you like to have before you die? What would you change about our finances right now? What do you need right now in a friend? And then lastly, who was your childhood hero or heroine and why? So go deeper with your spouse and use uh, a resource like Reyes's book to help you do that. Yeah, I think that's those are awesome resources. And again, listeners, if you didn't get those and you're like, I'm trying to write all these down, um, we will have them on our show notes so you can check those things out, including, you know, some of those questions and those those books that you mentioned. Kelly, um, maybe for some of our listeners who are just like, I want an in-depth marriage topic book that's going to just drive me to answers right here, right now. Like what would be maybe two books that you feel like these are must reads? Yeah. Two books that uh, I put wrote down. uh, Samuel would be uh, new rules for love, sex and dating by Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley's uh, pastor down in Atlanta. And then uh, another book, we've mentioned this author before. Her name's Judith Wallerstein, and she wrote uh, a book that's really important about the impact of divorce on children, but she also wrote a really good book, uh, which gives some really good specifics and details, and that book is called The Good Marriage, and again, that's by Judith Wallerstein and uh, Sandra Blakeslee. Awesome. Awesome. So again, we gave you a smorgasbord, <laughs> a charcuterie board of, <laughs> of things to dwell on and think on that are coming in this season. Uh, we've given you some great books, some great uh, cards. John Gottman is what uh, Kelly mentioned in terms of the open ended questions. We gave you some topics that we're going to be talking about this year. It's going to be an exciting season. Um, I hope you tell a friend to tell another married couple, tell your daughter, your son, you know, who, who are maybe be single and thinking about getting married because all these topics are crucial to marriage and we want to make sure that we cover them this season so if you have any questions for us again we've kind of given you the tagline of the email throughout the course of this podcast but i'll tell you again email us at care at c-a-r-e at adabible.org so that way we can answer those questions and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast it's available on various platforms uh you can't miss it believe me you see the little iconic together t-w-o-g-e-t-h-e-r um and you can check that out and listen to 
to us. So we'll be back and uh, take, make sure you share this and let other people know Together is on the air. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your listening platform is and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.